0: Hello, Kira Dyer here. Welcome to episode nine of Loving an Addict. This podcast with my husband, Death, is inspired by a great loss, our daughter, Emma, who passed away from an accidental overdose. Our desire is to spread awareness, love, and hope to also help those who are striving to love the addict in their lives because we know that that person is so much more than just an addict. Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's been three months.
1: It's been what the young kids say a minute.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No cap. But the last one was October 16th. So we needed to take a much needed break. We, I think we jumped in with both feet doing this, but also it was very therapeutic for you and I.
1: I thought so. And if I look older, uh, it's uh, guilty as charged yesterday, two little girls looked at me and I was chatting with them a little, and they were like, are you a grandpa? (laughs) You should be. I deserve to be. (laughs) We want to be. Anyway.
0: We wanted to talk mostly about kind of how we've been getting through the last 10 months and grateful things and what I like to call tender mercies that we have been blessed with.
1: Yeah, I had somebody last week that I hadn't talked to in a while. It's, we were just talking about last year and as I was pondering and thinking about it, well, I actually said as much as last year was like, I was glad it was over. And I, I really felt like new year's day was the first legit new year's day where I felt this deep desire to be renewed the first time in my life. Cause it was always like, ah, oh, okay, it's a new year, whatever, but this one fell for me, like really different. And I was telling him that and, and he was asking me about how hard it was and things. And I said, now that it's been about 10 months, realizing that as much as it was really horrific and just brutal, there was also some miraculous, amazing things that happened too.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, right. All in all. We saw joy at times and we saw beauty and we experienced some really special moments. They might not as lasted as long as some of the hard ones, but, yeah, you know, so.
0: Yeah, what I've learned over the last couple of weeks is that I really needed to find a way to not eliminate because that's impossible, but not have the bad be the forefront of my thinking these last 10 months, there hasn't been a day that I haven't replayed the last two weeks of her life. Maybe things that I regret or things I wish were different or things that were excruciating, gut-punching hard.
1: That you wish you could forget. You-
0: yes. yeah, And that has happened every single day. So I have found practical ways to be able to not have those in the forefront of my mind every day and to try and concentrate like on the tender mercies and on the things that I'm grateful for. So that's why I wanted to concentrate on that today is the things that we could find that, and this goes for everybody. We were talking before that this is death, any kind of loss, any heartache and trauma,
1: or shocking event in yeah. your life, a divorce, loss of an occupation that you didn't see coming, or.
0: Yeah, there's mm-hmm. so many hard things yeah. that fill life-changing there was a few that i wanted to share that i thought would be inspiring i guess for the lack of a better terminology Um, i guess this
1: is our podcast on hope and faith and having the ability to know that it's not always awful yeah you know there is joy out there and there's happiness and and there's fun and there's laughter everywhere yeah. So, but last uh, sure year's hard to experience that at times. Yeah. So that's true. But oh, and we don't have any sponsors this week. Oh, yeah. They all bail. Yeah.
0: Dang. Mm-hmm. Well, do better next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mentioned this one at the funeral and I have linked a few. I should do this on all of our episodes, but I have her funeral linked if you guys are curious about those talks. Steph and I both spoke. So the first one that kind of came to mind was when we were at the hospital and kind of in and out, sometimes they would usher us to like the waiting room and say, oh, we have to rotate her body or do something with her tubes or something like that, where they were like, it'd be better if you were in the waiting room. So one time most of us were there. And at this point, I think most of your siblings were there or on their way. And some of her dear friends and all of her sisters, of course. Anyway, we were sitting in the waiting room and this cute old lady comes in with like kind of a smaller harp and she has it like on a dolly. And she just quietly entered and was like, Hey, is it if I play? And she whispers it. We're like, Sure.
1: And we had spent a lot of time in that waiting room in that yeah. lethal, like, you know, coming and going and everybody coming Meeting to visit. With people. Like
0: we, we were in that room a lot for yeah. about five days. And it was kind of a sweet, place because it was very spacious and we had had hard talks with like the organ donor guy and had seen other people come and go with their family who were in tough situations are also losing their family members and so there was this a little bit of solidarity and like sweetness to the room too don't you think it was like a
1: yeah it was i would say
0: a sacred place kind of
1: special yeah it was calm So in a walk- refuge for sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. So in walks this darling old lady with gray hair and she starts playing and strumming this really beautiful song that none of us recognize, but it was still very sweet and very like tender. And then, and she only played two songs. The second song was a song that Emma played all the time on the piano and sang. It was an Adele song. And of course we all lost it. <laughs> I almost started crying. And one of Emma's friends who was sitting by me leans over and says, I have never been in a situation where I knew God was aware. And who said that? That was Melena. Oh, shout
1: out, Melena. We love you.
0: <laughs> we do love you. But it's so true. It was just like, yes, God is aware of your situation. Like he knows, he knows how hard this is. He knows how difficult this is for you. But for me, it was also just a, another sign from Emma to say, I'm okay, I'm aware, I'm I'm here, basically. So that was really sweet. Get out of the tissue, honey. <laughs> anyway, it was just, it was a really cool tender mercy that was very, very obvious that God was trying to tell us that he was aware of our situation. The other one that really stands out to me is what's interesting about the funeral is there's been a few times where So in my talk, I talked about Grace, not only the name, because Emma's middle name was Grace. She was named after my grandma and lots of ancestors before my grandma and lots of family after my grandma. So either first or middle name, Grace was used a lot. So the name was really important, but also the word was really important to me because it. um,
1: It's what the Savior uses every second of every day for all of us.
0: Yeah, we need grace. We need that for comfort. We need it for mercy. We need it for
1: understanding and healing and empathy and yeah and you know, upliftment. and
0: Yeah, so that would often be on my mind. I was listening to someone speak about grace just on my phone on a walk. And I thought, I want to listen to my talk that I gave in the funeral. And it, it may sound really weird, but I've listened to that talk maybe three or four times. You have, yeah, my own.
1: I haven't listened to him really. No, I. I'm afraid to.
0: You are. I just was
1: overwhelmed by how amazing you were. <laughs> You're like I'm freaking awesome.
0: No, that's not it. Just it was really weird because it felt like what I was saying was what I needed to hear not so much people that were there at the funeral. I normally, if I give a talk or a speech or anything, I really like to write everything out and then ad lib where I can. But man, that day was really, really stressful for me and really overwhelming. So I had a few notes scribbled, but I let God put words in my mouth. And so I feel like what I said was things that I needed to hear. So anyway, I'm on my walk and I'm listening to... I need to stop
1: you. I don't think our seven listeners, (laughs) I don't think anybody realizes how many people reached out to me and said, your wife was amazing. She just knocked it out of the park. Yours was fine, (laughs) but your wife stopped. And I was like, a hundred percent. I had so much of that feedback. In fact, a few weeks ago, a good friend of mine, his father passed. am I like, getting emotional about this guy's dad? I never even met him, but he reached, he called me the day before he was supposed to speak at his father's funeral. And he said, can you remind me some of the things you guys talked about? I'd never attended a funeral like that. I'd never left a service and felt better before. So I sent him a copy of it and. While we were on the phone, he went out of his way to also say, I really want to hear your wife's talk again. I just remember thinking how incredible it was.
0: Mm, that's so sweet. Yeah. I do feel like I was.
1: Somebody else was. I was
0: speaking. guided. I was guided. I was. I do feel like I said things that needed to be said. Anyway, so I wanted to hear what I said about Grace because I we talked about Grace. And I listen to it when I'm on my walk and just was super emotional, just thinking, it's interesting that this one is the hard, and this is one of the harder ones, right? That I'm so emotional when we've talked about so many hard things on here. It's just when emotions hit you at different times, and sometimes you can talk and talk about it not be emotional at all. And other times it's just unstoppable. Anyway, I had that that thought that has come over and over and over the last 10 months of I have to do this for the rest of my life. Like this has to be something that I have to navigate and figure out the rest of my life and it just feels sometimes so overwhelming and heavy, really heavy. And so I'm literally bawling on my walk and was super excited to get off kind of a main road and get into more of a private, very secluded sidewalk. It was between houses. And I'm thinking about it and sad. And how do I keep going today, basically? And I took a path that I had only taken twice. And the first time was like two days before with Duff. He's like, hey, let's go this way. And had gone down this path. We don't normally go down and i had gone the opposite direction on that same path and there on the ground and it looked like kids had been drawing pictures and stuff with chalk and in a big huge square i would say like three feet wide it said grace was here and you can justify that all you want and say oh yeah someone's name was grace but first of all there's a billion names in this universe and that was just another huge sign that was just so obvious to me that my Emma Grace was here but also grace the word Christ's grace is here and was here it was extremely moving and helpful and just another very, very obvious tender mercy that God was aware and he knew what I was going through that at that moment. I need another tissue.
1: <laughs> Actually, we do have a sponsor today.
0: We do have it <laughs> with
1: lotion. Hmm. I need that. <laughs> For that tender loving embrace that your face has always wanted. Yes. Thank it's made you. Out of-
0: oh. You should be a, you should be a,
1: By and...
0: <laughs> you should be a commercial writer. Is that a thing? No. Advertising. What is it called? Advertising.
1: Jingle maker. Sure. Yeah. They don't have that anymore. I think they still do. You should be one. Mm. Moving on.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. I was going to say one of the really cool special things that has come from this is our connections in our, gosh, how would I describe it, our strengthened and, or renewed relationships with Emma's friends too, yeah. that have now in a way kind of become almost like, I wouldn't say children, but more than just their friends to us. Yeah. And then also to some of our relationships with our families and siblings and friends has become stronger it's like situations and issues like this force everybody to take a step back and go wait a minute what is really important yeah what really matters
0: and you definitely find out who
1: your people are
0: for sure who Mm -hmm. should be important to you and those people like step forward in a big way and yeah you know
1: yeah and i'm sure they're all somehow some way Up, Being uplifted and motivated and pushed and strengthened by the Lord at the same time, you know? Yeah. So that's been a really cool tender mercy as well. Blessing for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. We have some good friends.
1: (laughs) There's a few on here that you're going to talk about. And the only thing I want to suggest is something I'm grateful for that I feel like we've always been intentional about, but looking back, like how vital it's been for us to create experiences with each other and with our, our kids. And there were things that we did having no idea, no clue what was around the corner and looking back, being so grateful for going out of our way to create memories. Yeah. Right. And life is so busy and it's hectic and it's distracting and it's hard. But I just highly suggest for for couples and families, be intentional about creating experiences together. It's just that's what we have forever. Yeah. Right. And there's so many fun and funny and sometimes wild and exciting things that we are able to remember and reminisce about. Yeah. I don't have any regrets of saying, man, we should have taken that vacation or we should have like, no, we did those things. And I'm grateful that we did, you know, no regrets there for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, it was six months before she passed. We we were all in Hawaii together and that was with yeah Bella's husband and Lily's girlfriend as well. So there were eight of us and we are so, so glad that we... And it was kind of a squeeze as far as like squeezing in the time. And it was like, oh, can people do their schoolwork on the plane and
1: jobs and all that kind of stuff? Yeah,
0: it wasn't there wasn't any break of any kind. It was this is when we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it worked out really great. So that was really sweet because Emma got to meet Dalton. Dalton got to meet Emma, our son-in-law. So we were happy that we had that time together that whole week of getting to know him and that I was just glad that Dalton got to meet her and it would have been a little strange it would have been different. to have been coming come to the family and never have met someone that was the oldest of the girls. So that's something that we were really grateful for.
1: Mm-hmm. You want to talk about Christmas?
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Christmas was interesting.
0: Yeah, I think it,
1: Hey, by the way, The expression time heals all wounds is wrong. (laughs) However, what time does is it allows us to get used to and figure out and adjust to whatever it is that we've experienced and gone through. It doesn't make it easier. Yeah. It doesn't heal the wounds. that Some wounds never heal, but that doesn't mean that we can't learn how to cope with them and actually continue to thrive and progress in life. But I do not like that statement Yeah, because I don't Mm -hmm. think that that's true.
0: Yeah. Not with this anyway.
1: Christmas reminded me of that. Yeah. Right. It was like, oh, yeah, there's some really beautiful things here, but man, there is a hole in this family. And we can't ignore it and it'll always be there. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, at least it began with Duff and I both have birthdays around the holidays and it began with Duff's birthday in November. It's just as another blaring obvious in your face sign of like, oh, wait, we have to call Emma for her to FaceTime us when we sing. Or
1: she would have been there to do that. Yeah. She would have rallied the girls together to send
0: me to see Elton John. Exactly. Which is what happened the year before. But for me, it just was hard to, it just was another reminder. And so then I really, really started to not look forward to Christmas. Because then Thanksgiving came and it was also really hard. We spent time in a couple cities that Emma had lived in, where she was either at rehab or sober living. So... It was more in your face, like, oh, she used to live and work here. And this is, she wasn't necessarily healthy in these places. So brought back harder memories when we were.
1: I didn't anticipate it being that difficult. And it was hard.
0: It was really hard. Yeah.
1: I didn't expect it to be.
0: And and any. But that's grief
1: too, though. Grief is weird, you know, but it's so interesting how one day I feel like, oh, oh, yeah. And then other days it's just in my face all day long. Yeah. You know, like I miss her and that was awful. And you know what I mean? Like it's just right. It's almost a myopic feel. And you just don't know when it's going to hit you mm-hmm. and you don't know why. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be uh, a song something that reminds obvious. you of her or a picture. It could be something not even related to it. But yeah, who knows, deep down in my subconscious it, it probably is. But. This whole session today is about the the positives and the beauty and things and and there were really beautiful things that happened too. Yeah. Over the holidays.
0: For sure. Yeah. For me, Thanksgiving was mostly hard to be honest. It was good to see family. I was grateful to see family. But I guess just everyone's saying, okay, the first of everything is really hard. So you just kind of know, okay, yeah. the holidays and the you anniversaries try to gear up for and it, the birthdays, you
1: can't really gear up for it, you know.
0: Yeah, you don't know how to do it. You've never done yeah. it before. So I guess my point in saying I was really starting to dread Christmas and thought if Thanksgiving is this <laughs> and birthdays then Christmas is going to be excruciating and I'm not sure how to do this. So I kept asking myself, how do I do this? How do I navigate it? How do I have her be a part of the celebrating of Christmas with as a family, but how do I not have that overshadow everything and have that just cast over this gloom over us the whole time we were together? like almost forcing grief on everyone yeah, all the time exactly, right? yeah, so I was really, really worried about it, but we did have everybody home, like all of our girls were home. Bella and Dalton were able to come <clears throat> and Lily and Anna, we had Anna for a little bit. So it was our year to have everybody here. And I was really surprised that, for me anyway, it was a little bit like a light switch. As soon as everybody was here, when I felt the pain of the grief, it was muted. It was like softened. I don't know another word to describe it. But then as soon as everybody left, it's like the light switch was back on again and and whenever i felt the grief it was the same pain it was the same hard and so it was after the fact i looked at and was like that was a ginormous miracle for me personally that i had that grief softened and i didn't feel like bawling every 2 seconds when i gathered everybody together and was like oh why did this not feel like enough? Why does it feel like there's someone missing? Because that happened. I did feel those moments that it wasn't overwhelming and it wasn't gut-punching. It was there, I felt it, and then it was it was gone. So that, for me, was a huge, huge tender mercy for Christmas, to be able to enjoy my girls while they were here.
1: Well, and the automatic rifles, you bought them, and... Shot at each other at the dark. That the also gel, helps. The gel guns. The gel guns. Other falls? I can't
0: remember. <laughs> that was fun. We did have some silly fun games and times. And yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I also think just the fact that our girls relationship between each other and our relationship with our girls hasn't been strained in a huge way. So many times this level of grief and trauma will break families apart, marriages apart, relationships apart. And to be honest, there were times where we would not, I mean, very minimal, just things that maybe we just didn't agree on or whatever. But we were super quick to come back to it and apologize if we hurt feelings. But we've never had moments where one of our girls didn't want to talk to us or blame us for what happened. To Emma.
1: Because we've heard stories of that with other uh, families. It's I, really sad. It
0: breaks my heart. It yeah. absolutely just rips my heart right out because then you're losing more than one child and in a different way, of course. But oh. Yeah. So that has been a huge blessing that our girls have felt connected still and not wanting to like step outside any of the relationships within our immediate family that hasn't been strained. So that's been huge. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: I also know that that some of the things that we did intentionally were, at some level kind of played into that. I was watching a uh, show this weekend and what I heard one of the characters say to someone struggling with an addiction said, it's really easy. Hurting yourself is easy, but living life the way you're supposed to live is actually really, really hard. And I think you can apply that to it. Any difficult situation it's easy to curl up in a ball and not get out of bed for days and as miserable as those things are, or call in sick over and over and over, or put off the grocery shopping or the chores at home whatever go to the gym but
0: and not like we haven't done all of those <laughs> because we sure. have, but you're right it, it
1: it's the living that's hard, yeah, right? and we've really. Strive to at times push and pull each other it, it gently things like walking in the morning and having intentional time together. And I don't know, is it okay to say, making sure that we have our intimate times together too, and I don't know how old <laughs> people are listening to this, but we continued to go to church and I continue to go to work and we continue to exercise and we continue to socialize and.
0: And those were hard. Mm -hmm. I remember especially the first times being like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. I want to stay at home in my bubble because it's easier. And I don't want people asking. I don't want the dreaded, how are you? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Don't ask me. Please don't ask me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, knowing and and understanding there are moments and and days where you're just like, "I, I just can't. And then. You know, Giving ourselves grace. I was going to say, go back to that word grace and and each other. And it's been beautiful and wonderful, but it hasn't been easy at all. Right. Like none of this has been easy. However, it's been kind of rewarding, you know? Yeah. So.
0: Well, I definitely felt a drop off. And I remember this with Isabel as well, that when something sad happens, you have so many people telling you that they're praying for you. And, and you can feel it. Absolutely. You can. I, I
1: felt like for probably 90 days. At least. Like I think it was, we had taken a family vacation to Banks Lake, which is our favorite place to go, mid-July. Mm-hmm. And I remember maybe a week after feeling different, like almost like that, hard to describe support was not as strong. That's about the time that I remember thinking that
0: it's just a natural, it's human well, yeah, nature.
1: It, somebody else is going through something, exactly. right? And then, which is how it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, we we can't be carried all the time, right? You know,
0: but people forget, and I, I I still have people saying, "Oh, I'm praying for you still," and which is wonderful and beautiful, and I welcome all prayers. But there is a definite feeling of a drop off where. It's just one moment like you're describing. It's one moment where you're like, wow, this is different. Be- and then we look back further and say, oh, that's when we looked at ourselves and said, how are we getting out of bed? Mm-hmm. How are we going to church? How are you going to work? How are we going to the grocery store? I remember several times looking at each other and thinking that and looking at each other and be like, I don't know how we're doing this. Or we'd be in the car we'd and we,
1: we'd be joking about something and like legit laughter and, and jovial and like, wait a minute. Just look at each other and almost like, is this okay? Yeah. And if it's okay, how are we doing this? Right. You know, but the thing about work, looking back the industry that I'm in, we had some changes with the laws and stuff. And about a month after Emma's passing, there was this very intentional push, which kind of kept me engaged. And then right after there was another challenge and it kept me very engaged. And then about the time that second challenge, we figured out and were able to kind of go business as usual. I, I, I started to feel the effects of my loss and my grief. And I was experiencing things that I just wasn't used to at all. I mean. I struggled returning phone calls to didn't matter who it was. I struggled showing up on time for stuff that was like no big deal or what should have been routine. I rescheduled appointments that were like solid and I was strange. And it was a little scary actually, because I didn't know how long that was gonna go on and I was, I was worried there for a while.
0: So would you say initially you felt like when you dove back into work, it was a coping skill for you a little initially?
1: I don't know if I would describe it as that. It was more when something's hard and I feel like I can be the problem solver or I can help, I love being engaged. If something's monotonous and routine and it doesn't really matter if I'm involved or not, that's where I struggle with being engaged. And I would say for probably the first four or five months after Emma passed, I was needed. And so it was a good distraction. Like it felt felt
0: good to you.
1: That being said, I I gave what I could every day and then I would come home. Yeah. Right. There were some days where I could go all day and there were some days where it was like half day is all I got today. And I wouldn't know until it was that day. So it just depended on what was going on and how I was being affected by it.
0: Yeah. But so it kinda hit you harder after those challenges were over, after those different In in
1: a strange way challenges were it was like right at first, like you said, it's consuming, it's heavy. I remember breaking down almost daily for probably five to ten minutes, and I'd let myself process it, right? I'd give myself time and then I but I was able to go on with my day. But then about after four or five months, there was a lot less of the breakdowns. Like, I feel like I have maybe one a week now or maybe less, but it was this weird, hard to describe underlying grief that just kind of took over with my emotional and psychological state that I can't even describe and explain. And that's why New Year's Day this year was so impactful and maybe even eye-opening for me because I was still feeling the effects of all of that but I just felt like New Year's Day this year was time it was like okay I feel like I can move on and I don't say that
0: like it's over it's done no not (laughs) at all I I just
1: feel authentically like I'm ready to progress back to who I was a year ago or before, you know. Well,
0: say nothing of your infected tooth that was infected <laughs> for a couple of years. That was if that was affecting your health mm-hmm. in a major way that we didn't know about until it was out. So
1: I had a root canal <laughs> like 12 years ago. And because there's a root canal, there's no nerve. There's no feeling. I And it got infected, the doctor thinks, maybe three years ago. And it got into my bone. And it wasn't until it got down into my bone that I started to feel pain. So I had no idea what was going on. I got it ripped out, what, two weeks before Christmas or so? Mm -hmm. And when it came out, it was in the bone. The doctor's like scraping the bone out and all. It's horrible. It was a traumatic experience. But he said, are you sick all the time? And I was like, yeah, I feel like I have a cold all the time. And sometimes I feel like I have the flu, but I don't. And he's like, that has really affected you. And he said, I'll be really surprised if in a few weeks you don't feel drastically better. And he was right. About two weeks later, I was like, whoa, I do feel better. Right. All those symptoms I had. And it wasn't anything that would keep me in bed all day. But
0: But man, there were days
1: where I was like, what's wrong with me? You know,
0: you would say often to me, oh, I feel like I'm coming down with something. And
1: I, and I'd go to bed early and I'd wake up and be like, I don't have the flu. Like, that's weird. I I swear I was going to, I felt like flu symptoms were coming on yesterday. That's why I came home early and went straight to bed. And it was like, That was bizarre. I guess I got the long
0: COVID. (laughs) Let's Not go there. Mm -hmm. No, No. I I think that that was another huge tender mercy, just that we found the right functional dentist that was able to take care of. I had a tooth that had to be pulled as well, but his was way more major, way more infection than mine was. And so it was affecting you in a really big way.
1: So I forgot about that. So get your
0: teeth checked by a fun- functional dentist, everybody. Don't yeah. go to a traditional dentist.
1: Oh, uh, we got to do another podcast another time. We've, the things we've learned is crazy you about know, health, about, and about general food health. And,
0: and, yeah. Yeah.
1: Medical field, dental field, food in general. Yeah. I guess we end we should wrap it up. Yeah. I so that was good. Well, I just want to say this if it's okay. Yesterday, my niece was baptized and she asked me to say a few words in this process. I was thinking about, geez, the last 50 years of life and what I've learned and felt and realized and known and the impression that came to me was, and I think it's because I also believe this very strongly as a father, is we talk all the time about how happy it makes God in savior when we make good choices, right? We focus on that a lot, but the reality is the savior loves us regardless of choices. Are there disappointments? Of course, is there sadness? Absolutely. But in a strange way, I feel like. When we go through our really, really what seem unbearable moments, including the ones that we bring on ourselves, choices that we've made or choices that someone close to us have made, it does not diminish the love in any way. And uh, I believe that in those moments, the love becomes stronger, even when we are living our lives in a way that's contrary to what we wish, or we're making choices that we know we shouldn't, or the choices I've made that I wish were different or I could change. I know that the love becomes even stronger. The reason that I know that and believe that is that's how it was with um that's how it was with me and Emma and myself and my other girls, and I felt greater love when she suffered, which is really strange because it also involves fear and maybe disappointment and worry, but it doesn't diminish the love. And so whoever's watching or listening or whatever, I would just, the one thing I want for you to know is that that's true. And this is where the word grace comes back into play because we all have to give more of it to each other and to ourselves.
0: Definitely. So, that's it. It was beautiful. Thanks for sharing, honey.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I hope you. <laughs> I hope you ask me I'll to come you back, back another time. Yeah, I uh, I'm have to fit you in between me and the Joe Rogan podcast. I got to get going on. So, okay,
0: sounds good. Yeah, you're welcome, Joe. <laughs> well, just remember, there's always, always help.
1: And there's always, always hope.
0: Please like, share, comment, thumbs up. All of these help us reach people in need of this podcast. And as always, we want to take you out on a recording of our daughter, Emma, singing and playing the piano with a message that we believe that she would want you to hear.